When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome to Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winters Scott, and I am joined as always courtside by Gabe Ibrahim. And Gabe, we're going to start talking about the hometown mystics who, in spite of all of their injuries and all of the issues, there's still a game and a half out of this playoff race in the WNBA. It's uh, it's somewhat miraculous because, so if you go back and listen to the very first episode or two of this podcast, you'll hear me and Christy being like, we're so happy, the culture, the Mystics culture, Mike Tebow, such a great coach, and he is a great coach, and they have a great culture, but man, there's no culture in the world that could sustain the losses that they have sustained before the season and during the season, and now it's kind of just been really rough. So since those first two episodes, uh, the team has won exactly one game. Uh, that was against Atlanta on August 19th, and they have lost 11. So they're 1-11 um, since the first two weeks of the season, uh, basically in this month of August. But guess what? This month of August is over. Uh, they're fighting. I'll give them that. Uh, I know Coach T was upset about their effort against Connecticut, and I somewhat agree with that. I'm not. Did we talk about this in the last show? Or I mean, the the day of reflection that was kind of led by the Mystics. Yes. Um, yes. Actually, I think that's where we should start uh, because sure, that was such a moment, and I think it does play into basketball, and we'll talk about that in a second. But um, what the you know the NBA players and the WNBA players sacrificed on, on that day and the statement they made on that day and what they've done throughout the season, um, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's eye-opening and it's important. And I think um, it should, it should make everyone listen to them as people, not just as mm-hmm. basketball players. Like, so we get, we love to talk about basketball. That's what we do. And we're going to do that because yeah. if not, it's a disservice to the league for what they're sacrificing to play basketball. But, um, you know, you got to listen to them as people. And I, I think it was really important for them to step up the way they did. Uh, it started with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Mystics kind of took it um, 
to the WNBA and, and said, you know, we're also not going to play today. There was, there was talks about playing, and it was kind of on the mystics and the dream to say, we're not going to do it. Um, and I think that was really important. So what do you think of all that? I thought it was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I thought it was outstanding. I thought that, you know, once the uniforms come off, 80% of the WNBA women are African-American. And black women were walking around. Um, their uh, spouses, Skylar Diggins-Smith said her husband's 29 years old. She has a one-year-old son. You see Tiana Hawkins down there with her five-year-old son, Emmanuel, standing in the front of the line uh, of the, these powerful women wearing the shirt I, that had the seven bullet holes in it. And I mean, it was, it was powerful. I mean, and I, I, there, there are really no other words that come to mind when I think of the voice of Ariel Atkins. And, you know, I had a chance to speak with her after practice today, and, and she was talking about that. And, you know, I asked her, I said, you know, your rookie season, you didn't really say a lot. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of a, a woman of, of very few words, but you got the job done always. She's a very old school spirit and she plays the game the right way um she's saying yes sir to coach t on day one two and three of training camp and he was kind of taken aback by just the refreshing personality that she brought to the table but very to herself very introspective so you know when someone like that has something to say that they've been very observant and to hear Ariel Atkins be so intentional with what she had to say, with purpose, with conviction, with genuineness, I, I was just so impressed by her. And for her to be the lead for the team, I thought spoke volumes. And I asked her today how that changed her as a person, not mm-hmm. like X's and O wise, but how did that change you as a person? And she said, well, feel like I'm more confident and I feel like you know my voice has value and I'm going to use it and just to hear her say that I mean she's not even 25 26 you know and just to hear her understand that about herself at that age it just lets me know that the game is in great hands and not just her but with the entire league but just to have her standing there in front of everybody and and speaking the way that she spoke, I just thought it was just incredibly inspiring on so many levels. And for the Mystics to be the first team to take a stand, I thought, you know, for a team that is stationed in the most powerful city in the world, I thought that that spoke volumes as well. Um, and that there needed to be something done. And, you know, people are, are saying, you know, it's not a, a strike or a sit out. You know, it's a day of reflection, as you said, mm-hmm. Gabe. And I thought that what the players and the league offices in New York did in terms of making calls to their governmental representatives on that day. So it wasn't just we're pouting in the corner and we're not playing. Mm-hmm. It was not that. It was a day of action. And I don't want people to get that twisted. It was a yep. day of action and reflection. And it's a day of movement forward. And for the Mystics to be, in the front of the line in that regard, uh, you know, I just tip my hat and I'm just applauding, standing and applauding everything about that day. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, it is really important to point out that it was a day of action and these, and these people, you know, the WNBA, the NBA players did get something done. 
Um, but at the same time, I don't know, it did kind of rub me the wrong way. Like when it first happened, people were saying, well, what's the point? Like what do players want? And, and frankly, to me, it, I mean, this didn't happen in the WNBA because I think as a WNBA fan, you're very, we're all very well accustomed to social justice being more important to basketball. Sure. It is. Sure. It is. Um, and I think to us, it, it wasn't, it wasn't maybe that, you know, message, but I think for a lot of people, uh, it was like, well, you know, what do the players want? And frankly, the answer to what comes of this, yes, mm-hmm. the players are doing great stuff and they're getting people registered to vote and they're doing amazing things. But the right. answer to what comes of this is on us as a society. Yeah. Um, I think everyone has to look at themselves in the mirror and, and it's not easy what, what is being asked of you, but it's much mm-hmm. harder for the players to live in a society that, you know, as Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers says, you know, to love a country when that country doesn't love you back. I think it's, it's on everyone to first look in the mirror and say, am I, am I a victim of the inequalities in the society or am I someone benefiting from it? And those are your two choices. And if you're on the side that's benefiting from it, you have to, you have to think, what can I do to make it more equal? What can I do to make this world Mm -hmm. a better place for more people? Um, yes. and you know, that, that, that's, that's, that's me, you know, and that's me talking to myself cause you know, I'm Cuban, but I'm a semi, I'm essentially white. You know, the white is a definition that ever expands to include everyone who's basically not black. And, and that part of society benefits from inequalities that harm the, the black community. And if you're yeah. on this side of the ledger, you have to do something to make it better. Um, yes. and I don't know, I don't know exactly what that is. And I, I think yeah. voting is really important. Yeah, I think education is really important. Understanding what what this country is and and what we have done and how to make it will allow yeah. you to understand how to make it better. Protesting is really important, mm-hmm. um, but you just got to, you got to sit down and think, what can I do? And, exactly. and um, you know, I, I think it, it's a it's a tough process, but it's tougher to not to not do it and not live yeah. up to what this country should be. So um, that's yeah. that's my that's my take on it. It's just like. What comes of this is, is yeah, the players can do all the things they want, but really what comes of this is on us, the, the yep. fans, the people sitting on the outside um, to make this world a better place. Um, so I think we, I, I think we could take it. I mean, if we go back to basketball, I know it's, that's all very heavy. It's all very tough. And it's all like, there's, ne- there's never like a, an easy transition, right? Like it's always no. going to be. Yeah, you're right. It, it, that's all right. It's important. And I think that the transition to this is, you know, it did take a lot out of the Mystics and it took a lot out of Ariel Atkins. It took a lot out of the teams and I, I'm not trying to minimize what every other team went through. Um, but the Mystics, certainly you could see the emotional toll that's taken on them this mm-hmm. season with all that weight on their shoulders, especially in this city. Um, I think yeah. that's translated into their play and not that they were doing great before um, this last week, but uh, the last two games have been really tough. They lost by 22 points against Phoenix without Brittany Griner. And without um, uh, Bria Hartley miss, was injured in that game, I believe. Early on, yeah, she yeah. injured her knee ACL, unfortunately. So prayers to Bria Hartley. It was almost immediate. You could tell it was yeah. something serious. But I was hoping it wouldn't be. But uh, Phoenix did send out something that said that it was officially her ACL and her right knee. So that was definitely tough. But the, the previous game, prior to losing the last two, Mystics have lost four in a row. But Mm-hmm. Um, the Phoenix game prior to 
um, the Atlanta game that was postponed and uh, reassigned for September 13th. Um, but that game against Phoenix prior to that was on August 23rd. And that game was only a one point loss to Phoenix um, without Brittany Griner, but they did have Hartley in that game. So I just thought the fight was a little bit different in that game than it has been the last couple of games yep. for Washington. And, you know, they did play at 10 PM on Friday night and a really quick turnaround to play uh, pretty early on Sunday. It was a four o'clock uh, game. So, I mean, everybody's playing every other day, so I'm not trying to, you know, the woe is me violin coming out for yeah. Washington, but at the same time they're, they have so many new players, Gabe, and not a lot of time to incorporate things in practice for these young players. And it's basically these games are becoming a proving ground for these these youngsters like mm -hmm. Shook Sutton. Um, and then Stella Johnson now is out with an yeah. ankle injury. It's That's just like it, it, it's just all these things are are factoring into it being more and more difficult for Washington to gain that chemistry that they so needed. Uh, coming into this season, missing four starters from the championship squad. And then you miss Ariel Powers and her energy. And I, you know, I can't, I can't overstate that. I think she is just such a vital piece for the Mystics in terms of how they like to play. So it's just been tough all the way around, I think. Yeah. No, it's, it's been extremely tough. I think Stella's injury to me was like just a backbreaker. You're like, man, like, oh, we yeah. finally have, you know, a really, and, and, and not to, diminished like uh, Shug Sutton and, and what she's doing because she, mm -hmm. I think she's playing pretty well um, she is. notwithstanding the last game where she was one of seven from the field but she'll she'll get there she's a rookie like is she I think she will show us something in this season to make us say wow mm -hmm. she she could be a part of the future but Stella to me was someone that I was really looking forward to because she fits this system so well she's yes. so smart like she she really like took to Tebow's system very quickly and understood her place in it and then she's out for the season and it's just like you, you're just right. sitting there as 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 someone who cares about the mystics um and saying man like what what else can go wrong what else right. can go wrong and um but there are a couple things going right I, i'm gonna i will say that like i really love the play of kiara leslie um yes. she she's been excellent on both sides of the ball but especially defense yep. i think uh going forward you know, I think on this show we've talked a few times about the books of the Mystics and how a lot of players are coming up. Uh, I think Leslie's going to be a big part of their future, um, yes. especially if she can be that defensive guard that she has shown to be so far this season. Yeah, no question about it. Mike Tebow has said, you know, if you can hit the threes, especially in the corner three, like here mm -hmm. Leslie likes to likes to hit, but if you can defend great scores who she's been assigned to every single game uh, that she's been playing in this season, especially down the stretch here in the last several, you know, she had Arike Agumawale. That was her assignment. She had Tarasi two times, you know, back to back. Yep. So she's drawing the toughest offensive threats on the other team. And, you know, I know Tarasi got loose, but she wasn't guarding her the entire time. She had those <laughs> 34 points and those seven threes uh, a couple of games back, but, you know, she does bring that that attention to detail on the defensive end. And, you know, this is her rookie season physically, although, you know, she missed last year mm -hmm. and she was soaking it all in, um, having uh, missed last season with that 
um, knee injury that she had to get cleaned out the meniscus situation. So I, I just think to, to see her on the floor, she's very similar to me to Ariel Powers and what yep. she does, um, her ability to shoot the three, she can rebound well as the, you know, from the perimeter um, on top of applying strong defensive pressure. So I think she brings a lot and I think she fits right into the mold and which is why Mike Tebow drafted her. And it was unfortunate that she was um, injured last year because I really would have liked to see her with all of those vets and um, players that, that won the championship last year on the floor. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I am super looking forward to uh, her present and her future. I, I think she is going to be a part of the next great mystics team. And frankly, I think the next great mystics team is next year. Um, assuming everyone's healthy and assuming we right. have a next season. Um, uh, don't we want to take, we will. We're don't want to take it, anything, that we're having it. <laughs> don't want to take yeah. anything too much for granted in 2020, <laughs> but I do true, think we are going to, we're going to have a great season next year. And I think that great season is going to include a much uh, improved mystics team. However, though, we've said all this and we've been kind of moping. And as you mentioned at the top of the show, this team is miraculously only two games out of the playoff yeah. race, yeah. two games back of the Dallas Wings. Um, I, all right, so they they have to they have a tough schedule. They got the Storm, the Sky, the Wings, the Lynx, the Sparks, and then they end the season with the Liberty and the Dream. Right? Could this team make the playoffs? I think they could. I think Mike Tebow gave them a charge. Uh, it was either before or after practice today, but it was today. And he said, you know, you can either give in or you can fight for a spot. You know, mm -hmm. there can't be anything in between. It's either you're all in or you check out. Like, you know, like the, uh, the NBA guys on the, on the TNT inside the NBA show, they yeah. say one, one foot in Cancun. You know, are yeah. you going to have one <laughs> foot in Cancun? And, and Mike didn't say that, but I'm just saying, you know, that's just the, the picture that I got in my mind when he said that. Like, do you have one foot in Cancun or are you going to dig in? lean into this uh, adversity and make the best out of it and, and try to make a play for the eighth spot. And, you know, for them to be so close with, you know, seven games to go, I think anything's a possibility, but you know, we're glass half full people game. So yes, we are. I, think it's, it's, I think it's easy to say that, but it's all a decision that um, the players need to make. I, I know Mike Tebow said today that, you know, they have to be more um, focused on the defensive end, especially in pick and roll coverages. I know he, um, also yeah. said that some of, some of that is is communication, but some of that is just playing harder. And I thought that was very um, genuine of him to come out and just say like, yeah, you he's not play hard. Yeah. yeah, you just got to go hard. Like, okay, part of it is like, okay, are you making the proper choice in pick and roll coverages? And some of it is, are you playing hard enough to execute what we need done on defense? So I just think, you know, the, the Mystics players have have a choice to make right now and, mm -hmm. and I think they are competitively mature enough to say hey we want to try to make a play at it we want to see if we can get that eighth spot you know and um and see what happens after we get in there yep I think it's gonna and the two players that to me are gonna signal if this team is gonna make the playoffs or not if they can pick up their play is Emma Meesman mm -hmm. um she's had a disappointing year I don't think there's any if ands or buts about it you know, we could talk about how much pressure she's facing. We could talk about all that. But at the end of the day, she's the finals MVP. She has to show up in a much better way than she has so far this season. And I believe she can. And I believe she will. She, she, she's someone who, um, if the rest of the team kind of gets going, I think that gets her going. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, I want to see Tiana Hawkins play like the player we know she is. 
I think she's still bothered by um, the injury she's had at the start of the year because she hasn't she doesn't quite look like herself at any point from an energy standpoint or just from an athletic standpoint. Um, so if those two players get going, I think they have a chance here to sneak in, to sneak into the playoffs. I mean, we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves and talk about what will happen in the playoffs, but it doesn't matter. Like, you, this get team there. doesn't have a first-round pick. <laughs> you know, let's get to the playoffs. Right, um, right. Uh, so Indiana and Dallas are ahead of um, the Mystics. Uh, Connecticut is three is three games ahead. I don't think I think Connecticut's doing fine, and they just won today. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to get get in. Um, but Dallas right. and Indiana, this team can can sneak in front of Dal- uh, Indiana's currently losing to Atlanta right now, as we do this podcast. So that's positive. Um, the uh, Wings also have a pretty tough schedule going down the wire. So really, what Washington needs to do is this Sunday. This Sunday, yes, this or next Sunday, yeah, next Sunday, because yeah, whatever, doesn't matter. You got one Sunday. This Sunday, coming up, <laughs> they gotta beat Dallas. They have to. Yeah. They want. They have to beat Dallas. There's no way to get into the playoffs to not beat Dallas because they will have the tiebreaker over Dallas if they win that game. Mm-hmm. So they need to win that game on Sunday. And if they win that game on Sunday, and and steal one from one of these teams that are ahead of them in the standings, and then win those last two against the Liberty and the Dream, they can get in. And that's not, that, that's not that impossible. That's not that impossible. Say, it's right so, there for you. It's, all, it's right there on the table. All you have to do is pick it up and put it on your plate. Pick it up and put it on your plate and, and move on with it. But I think, you know, uh, with Satu Sabli back in Dallas, yeah. I mean, she's healthy and she's made a return. But, boy, she's playing so great. I mean, I have so many players that could be rookie of the year, but we'll get into that too. But, I mean, oh, she's yeah. definitely on the all-rookie team. I mean, she is just dynamic in what she does, and, and she just changes the way Dallas plays on both sides mm-hmm. with her versatility. So, yeah, they've got to get the tiebreakers. They've got to be able to um, win out, you know, the last couple of games, especially against New York and, and Atlanta to close the season. So we'll see what happens. But it is up to, you know, a decision that they make uh, on their own, you know, as players. I mean, the coaches can tell you, you know, it's A or B. And <laughs> I think that's what Coach Tebow presented to them. And you you need to choose. And it has to be everybody in A or everybody in B. And then we move on from there. But it, it mm-hmm. can't be, well, I don't know. Well, uh, some the first quarter we're going to play like this. And the second quarter we're going to play like we want to make it. And the third quarter, well, I don't know. And, then, you know, there, there cannot be any kind of lull or you know, back and forth on that. It's got to be all in or not. Full commitment. It's full commitment or it you're going to be sitting. Or you're going to Cancun. And you can start, yeah. start doing the one, two, three Cancun. <laughs> one, two, three um, Cancun. Well, I, you really? won't be going Cancun. It's uh, the, the, the <laughs> well, thing yeah. for this year is like one, two, three quarantine. Then you can go uh, yeah. back home. <laughs> Basically. Do you want to talk about the, uh, the, other, the flip side of this, teams that are not fighting for uh, a playoff spot at this point anymore because they've clinched uh, in Seattle, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles? Absolutely. I, I mean, you have to look at, starting with Las Vegas, what they have been able to do. I mean, uh, Bill Beer got coach of the month in the league mm-hmm. for August. Uh, just because of how well they have come together. And Asia Wilson, I mean, she's definitely an MVP candidate. And I, I just love Angel McCautry. 
and her play mm -hmm. and what she has meant to them in the absence of Elizabeth Cambage, also Kelsey Plum. So you didn't really know what to expect to see how they would kind of come together. But I mean, Kayla McBride, I mean, they have options and they have length and size. They get to the glass, um, you know, with Wilson. I mean, she's averaging like 25 and 13 Yep. and, and two blocks or something like that. I mean, she's just been incredible in terms of her consistency. I think she had that, that one game against Chicago where she didn't score the ball well, uh, but they kept it out of her hands and they crowded her space and they disrupted her. And, you know, other than that, you know, she hasn't had many problems scoring nope. <laughs> outside nope. of that one game. So I just think with, with Vegas, I mean, they're just a super dangerous team right now, especially um, the confidence that they're playing with too. I think mm -hmm. that makes up for, I don't know, any kind of stat. You know, if you have a, a high level of confidence and you have players like McCautry who, you know, know how to, to drive it home, if you will, uh, yep. You know, everybody can, everybody can say it, but then you see Angel out there streaking around and, uh, you know, flying around the court. It just makes you go harder. It just makes she, you go harder. I mean, she's averaging double-double. I, I think we, we really, um, I don't know, I probably contributed to this in some way, but we really did not talk enough about how Angel McCautry is just a legend in this league. And yeah. like, yeah, she was hurt last year and yeah, she's getting up there in age, but legends are legends for a reason like mm -hmm. she makes big shots she knows what to do in those moments she gets big yep. rebounds she does not going she she has that internal drive um that we talked yep. about with diana tarasi last week on courtside that the, the great ones have um i think she and, and you got her and you got asia all the great things that asia does um and just this team is is um they're not necessarily well-constructed for modern basketball. I think if you're an armchair GM like myself, you kind of want some more shooting on the court. Uh, but the way right. Bill Lambert is coaching him, he, he's getting him into the right spots. He, he's putting – he's understanding that, hey, we have Asia Wilson and we have Andrew McCautry. Just let those two score and we'll be okay. And it's yeah. working out for them. And I think, you know, Angel being so efficient this season is yeah. really, really Incredibly. impressive. Averaging 14.7 yeah. points per game in 20 minutes per game. That's yeah, incredible. I, I, I love it. And, and that's what she said. You know, the game has um, – well, she has slowed down in terms of how much she knows she needs to do something, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I think when she was with Atlanta um, before missing last season with her ACL injury, she was the go-to and go-through player for the Dream. So she just – you know, she was on a 1,000 – in terms of her yep. speed and like, I got to do this, I've got to do that. And now, you know, I think having sitting out for a year, I think that that kind of changed her perspective on what she actually needed to do with oh, this yeah. team. And against um, Seattle and against LA, she's averaging just under 19 points and 11 boards and four assists and three steals. So those are the other two teams. I mean, they're vying for, you know, the number one overall spot, you know, at least the top two. Yeah. So you get the double buy. Um, and right now they're sitting in the top spot and, you know, they've beaten Seattle and they've beaten LA. So, I mean, when they see them again, I mean, the tiebreakers are going to come into play for that top spot or the double buy in the top two spots. So I think Angel McCautry is definitely the X factor for Las Vegas and what she's been able to do against the other two 
teams vying for that top seed, mm -hmm. but, um, but just her veteran leadership and, and, you know, missing a season, I think that does something to players. I think that makes them more hungry. And I think that kind of energy is contagious. Well, and yeah. And, and the it, fact it just makes that, a difference. and the fact that Atlanta didn't want her back, that was not a secret that, you know, the dream, the dream said, we're not even going to core you to get value. Like, like in New York, uh, uh, Tina Charles was cored and then she wanted, uh, it, there was two, any, someone on, in the, in the equation wanted her to be traded. And that's why she ended up in Washington, but she's not playing this year. Um, Atlanta didn't even do that. Atlanta was like, okay, you can go. I, and Angel's a very classy person. And I don't think she'd say this too loudly or too explicitly, <laughs> but that pissed her off. And yeah. Angel McCautry mad is not something I want if I'm an opponent. Um, and no, she's no. been mad. She's been playing mad all season. She's been playing great. Uh, but like you mentioned, I mean, these two, these three teams are bunched up at the top. Uh, mm -hmm. Seattle's 13 and three. Las Vegas is 12 and three. The Sparks are 12 and four. Uh, the Storm and Aces were supposed to play their second game against each other, but it got uh, moved because of the day reflection. Right. So right. that's going to be the last game of the season. And that's going to be important if these teams continue on their path because Yes, the top two seeds get a get a buy a double buy, and that's amazing. Mm -hmm. However, you really want to be the one seed because the one seed gets to play the a a, a lower seeded team. If you're the two seed, you're gonna to have to play whichever one of these teams falls to that three spot. If they if the if everything goes chalk in the playoffs, right? You're gonna to have to play either if you're the storm, you're gonna play aces or the sparks if you fall down to that two seed, and vice versa for everyone else. So you know, really, right. really, really want the one seed this year because to me these three teams have um risen to the top you know the cream will mm -hmm. rise to the top these three teams are the cream of the league they have risen yeah. above everybody else all year we have talked about how great seattle is and how strong they are of a team and how well built they are and how stewie has been unbelievable and and all of those things are true but to me i want to ask you if this is true for you the other two teams have kind of caught up to them in the past couple of weeks, especially with Sue Bird being out for so long. Do you think that's the case for you as well? Yeah, I, I think when you look at Seattle, I mean, Washington was the only team to beat Seattle early on, and then they ripped off a, a ton yeah. of wins before losing two in a row. But since then, their last two games, they've won by double digits. So, mm -hmm. okay, they slipped a little on the ice, but they, you know, self-corrected themselves and they're back on track. I mean, they're the top team in the league in terms of offensive rating and the top team in the league in terms of defensive rating now if you're looking at vegas <laughs> vegas is right it was yeah, vegas is second in the league in defensive rating so you know when when you have all these things factoring in i, I just think that um, what seattle has been able to do without the services of sue bird on the court i love her mic'd up though however but yeah. <laughs> without her on the floor i think um what brianna stewart has been able to do in terms of her consistent efficient play has been remarkable and mm -hmm. you know i i think that they have what it takes but i think really what i've i've appreciated most about seattle as of late is natasha howard and yeah. her her production has come around because she was slow out of the gates for Seattle. And even though they did drop that one game to Washington, you know, I, whenever I looked at the stats for Seattle, I'm like, 
man, Natasha Howard is like, you know, she's not, she's not doing what she's capable of doing uh, in terms of uh, scoring the ball. And it wasn't like she was, you know, one for 18. It would be like four for seven mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm like, she's, is she not hunting shots? Is she not looking to score? And then now the other day she had a double, double and I'm like, there she is, you know, and she just needs to stay uh, on that track in terms of being consistent and, and staying right there with, with Stewie and then Jewel Lloyd in the mix as well. I mean, they have, they have some power punchers on that squad and on that roster. So um, yeah. And they're efficient top of the league offensively and defensively. So that's tough to beat. You got to be on your a game. Would you agree that they are the most talented team in the league? Not obviously that's the reason we play sports is because talent on paper uh, doesn't always win out. Uh, Sue Bird is probable also for their next game. Mm -hmm. I should mention that. Um, But without Sue, They've still been able to keep up a, a high pace outside of those two losses, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to you, though, are they still – I shouldn't even say most talented. We're beyond most talented. We're almost for the playoffs. Are they still the best team, though? They're still the best team in the league in your mind? I, I don't I don't think they're the <laughs> best team. I, I know if you're looking at the efficiency and, and, you know, the offensive and defensive rating, I get it. For me, I go with teams that kind of present – um toughness and the toughness right now is coming from vegas Um, the toughness right now is also coming from la Um, and you can throw chicago in there as well but now they don't have the shields and stevens yep so you know and they're still winning you know they won the other day so i get it but for me i look at the toughness like who is going to grit it out when times get tough who's going to say like uh you know, who's going to let down in terms of their body language mm-hmm. and, and not that Seattle does that, but I'm just thinking, you know, LA, is, you know, they've won nine games in a row before losing to Minnesota the yep. other day. I, I just, you know, that takes toughness to grind out those wins, but you know, Seattle ran off a, a line of, of wins as well. So uh, I, I just think that, you know, those top three teams who have already clinched, you know, that's, that's a tough question in terms of who's best. But my question to you is, of the three, which of those teams is the toughest? Which of those teams is toughest? I mean, toughest to me is like a, always a tough it's, – it's just like hard to define. I'm a lawyer, right? So, like, of course, my, fir- <laughs> my first thought whenever I get a question that I don't have an answer to is to ask for a definition. Um, <laughs> But so toughness to me, I don't know necessarily how, how to say that because, okay, who's the team that's going to punch you in the mouth with their style of play? That is 100% the Las Vegas Aces. Yes. They, if you beat them, it's because you earned it. And you're leaving that, you're leaving that with a bunch of bruises. Like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to have to play Las, Las Vegas and then have to play another playoff series, certainly, because they are going to leave you – you know, bruise, they, they hit you hard, they hit you hard going for boards. Um, I, their defense is incredible. I love that, that aspect of the aces. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about toughness though, in a more broad sense, right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mental toughness. Who's going to stay in the fight. Like you, like you're saying, yeah. Uh, this Seattle team's already won a championship. Right? <laughs> you know, That's this, true. All, 
I'm I'm pretty sure everyone besides Ezzy Magbigor. Uh, let me let me double check to make sure I'm safe. Uh, yep, everyone on this team besides Ezzy Magbigor has a, has a championship ring. Um, so to me, I love rings. I, I love pretty jewelry. And to me, <laughs> when you get when you have a ring in this league, that means you're mentally tough. Right. And you have Sue Bird, and you have Brandon Stewart, and you have those players that been there, done that, know what it takes to win in the playoffs. Do the aces have those players who know how to win the playoffs? Kind maybe. I mean, they won that the one game against uh, Chicago last season. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know they lost to uh, DC and 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 four games. And yeah, they played right. really well and and they showed a lot. But do they know how to do it when when the chips are when the chips are when the stakes are at their highest? Right. Um, the Sparks, that's a weird, that's another weird question because they have kind of a mixture of what we just talked about between the physical mm-hmm. toughness of the Aces and the mental toughness of the Storm, but all to a lesser degree. Can the Spark is one of the greatest players in WNBA history, right? So, yep. Kelsey Gray, I'm not sure, I'm not sure there's someone in the world of basketball I would rather have with the ball in their hands yep. late in a game. In oh. a clutch situation, I mean, mm-hmm. sorry to my boy Jimmy Butler of Miami Heat. <laughs> Who you knew? Who you knew? I was gonna sneak onto this podcast after his <laughs> after he dropped forty He's a against lion. the Bucks. He's a lion. But I, I still rather have Chelsea Gray, you know, because she she can create um, so well in those late game situations. She can get to her spot right at the free throw line and bury a bucket. She yeah. can take you down to the post. Like there's no way to guard her effectively because of how smart and how strong of a basketball player she is. Right. Um, However, you also have some players in, in roles that, you know, in big-time roles that have not necessarily been there. Raquana Williams is one of the players who has been there, mm-hmm. no doubt, obviously, from the U. Uh, Neka Gumake, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not diminishing her contributions, but Brittany Sykes has never really been in those big spots. Sydney Weiss has never been in those big spots. Tia, Tia Copper, um, Tia Cooper, excuse me, is a rookie. Right, so you got a lot of players playing. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of players playing big minutes who um, have not been in that situation. Obviously, adding some Augustus is very, very helpful because she she's one of those she legends. Has. Yeah, she <laughs> she's has. one of those legends. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know how to feel about LA. Uh, to me, you know, I did say that those three teams have kind of risen above. Um, I would say, though, that there's even a separation between Vegas and Seattle in terms of how confident I am in their style of play and in their um, toughness generally. And that's what it's going to take. I mean, if you're looking at them all uh, head to head, you know, Vegas is 2-0 against Seattle, L.A. Seattle is 1-1 against Mm -hmm. the other two teams. And then you have uh, L.A. that's 0-2 against Vegas and Seattle. So, you know, when it's all said and done, you're trying to shake out who's going to be that number one overall seed in the playoffs. I mean, they're going to be looking at the head-to-head action. And right now, the Aces lead in that regard for all three teams. So I think there's got to be something said for that. But I also – I definitely give credit to all the players except for Magbagor uh, winning a championship in Seattle. That yeah. speaks – that is – that's heavy. That's big time. However – there are some hungry players out there who have missed on it. And, right. and it I've puts a target that. on your back too. Exactly. And I've, I've seen that turn into a monster and an avalanche mm-hmm. coming at you a thousand miles an hour. 
um, because, hey, we missed it last year. We're not missing it this year. So the hunger of those teams uh, that haven't experienced as many times um, as Seattle has, I don't count them out because, you know, we're not just going to pencil them in and say <laughs> they're going to they're gonna win it because they've won it before. Guess what? You won it before. It's hard to stay at the top of the hill. It's hard to mm-hmm. stay at the top of the hill. But guess what's not so difficult? Climbing up that with, with a pickaxe yeah. and getting to the top and trying to knock them off. And that's the energy I'm looking for. Who's going to take the pickaxe and dig into the hill and, and try to knock them off the top of it? That's what I'm, I can't wait for the playoffs. I can't, can I can't wait for hear the it in my voice. <laughs> I mean, cause, and, and we're only focusing on the teams who have clinched, but like, yeah, sure. Every other team in this league, like Minnesota, Chicago, they're, ex, they're excellent teams. Chicago, as you alluded to earlier, they lost Diamond mm-hmm. the Shields uh, for personal reasons. She left the bubble. She's unlikely to return the season, according right. to James Wade. We really hope everything's okay for yeah. her. Yeah. Um, Azrae Stevens has a orthochondrial defect in her knee, which yeah. I think I'm pronouncing right. And I don't know what that is, but I really just hope she's okay because she was having an amazing season on both she sides was. of the ball. She was. Um, so I'm a little concerned there. Sylvia Fowles is still injured for Minnesota. So that's why those those two teams are kind of below these three teams. It's mainly because of injuries. Mm-hmm. But, man, I, I, I ain't bet, I'm not betting against Cheryl Reeve in the playoffs. Like, no. she got a really good team this year. Yeah. And then yeah. – Past those two teams, so that's a four or five seed. Oh, we just have Diana Taurasi, <laughs> one of, if not the greatest player in WNBA history, yeah. leading the Phoenix Mercury alongside Skylar Diggins Smith. And, and we're still missing Brittany Griner, who's outside the bubble for personal reasons. Again, hopefully, hope that everything's okay for her. As we mentioned, mm-hmm. Bria Hartley's out for the season. That team's still really good. They've somehow gotten better since yeah. those two left. And it, it's mind boggling, but it's just Diana Taurasi kind of willing that. And then you got Connecticut. Team that was in the finals last year, very different team. Yeah. But DB, Alyssa Thomas, I mean, like the playoffs this year are Mm going to be amazing. Whoever gets an eight. Whoever gets the eight seed just playing with house money. So they're going to, you know, they, they got to lose in the eight seed. Yeah. Just get in there. Just get in and then see what happens after that. But oh my gosh, it's going to be so much fun to see everything unfold the next couple of weeks of the regular season. And see how things shake out for these seedings. It's going to be awesome to watch. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, let's talk about something that's kind of a hot debate mm-hmm. topic. A hot debate topic. Um, <laughs> so last night, Courtney uh, Vandersloot mm-hmm. set the WNBA record for assists in a single game mm-hmm. with 18, breaking breaking Teacher Penetrero's record of 16. I don't remember exactly when she set that. But Teacher's, teacher's record set, it was set for a long time. Yeah. Literally, like, minutes before <laughs> it happened, Teacher on tw- on tw- uh, tweeted out, you know, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Courtney's gotten too close <laughs> too many times, and then she did yeah. it. She had the pass to her wife, Allie Quigley, for yes. three. How about a that? Play, a play that they have run millions of times, not only on the court for us here in the United States, abroad and at home in their backyard i'm sure they do that all the time so um so did she uh gets the 18 assists she's in the mvp conversation which Mm -hmm. we will have we'll probably have that next week um but so the the there's kind of post-game chatter from the sky about don't be calling another point guard the point god don't don't say another point guard is better than our point guard because we have the best one 
And I think that was kind of a shot at one particular yes. team and person. Yes, it was. It's Chelsea Gray, <laughs> who we just talked about. Because yeah. the Sparks love to call her the point god. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the question. It's a very simple one. <laughs> who is a better point guard? Is it Courtney Vandersloot or is it Chelsea Gray? I'm rewinding what you just said because you said it's a very simple one. It's not. It's totally. <laughs> it's a not. simple question. It's a complicated <laughs> answer. Complicated answer. I get it. See, you're a lawyer. Right? You're, there we go. Yep. Uh... <laughs> I would say it is definitely complicated because they're they're different. It's almost like mm-hmm. apples and oranges when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, what they bring to the floor. And for Chelsea Gray, let's start with her. I mean, she has great size. I mean, she's like six foot. And I think that's what makes her a little bit more dynamic at the point guard position because she has the the vision over smaller point guards who are guarding her, right? And if they try to go with size over her, she's going to cross an ankle and get right by. So she has the speed to get by bigger players, but she has the vision to see over the smaller players. And she can create her own shot, as we discussed earlier. I mean... She wants those moments as well. So she's mm-hmm. kind of made differently in that regard because she wants those moments and has executed several times in clutch moments mm-hmm. for LA. And then you flip the script on the other side and you look at what Vandersloot is able to do. And she's just so crafty. And she just has the ability to make plays. And, you know, for her, her clutch moments come with passing. Yep. Right? And I think the clutch moments for Gray come with scoring. So that's why I say apples and oranges because they're both clutch. They're both a beast. Can Chelsea Gray pass? Absolutely. Can Courtney Vandersloot score? Absolutely. But when it comes down to the clutch moment, which one is going to make the play on their own? Like, who's going to be able to score it? Mm-hmm. Chelsea Gray is. And the last couple of games, you've seen Sloot make that pass, yeah. and they, but they win the game. So for me, I'm kind of just 50-50 with it because I, either, both of them will win a game for you. I, whether, I agree. Whether they facilitate like Sloot or whether they, you know, okey-doke and, and, and one mixtape you and, and hold the gooseneck in your eye yeah. at the buzzer like Chelsea Gray. I, she's just tough. I, it's, that's, I, I'm 50-50 on it. And I, okay. I, I'll, I'll think more on that, but I can't tip the scale. I uh, think they're, they're both excellent at what they do for their respective teams. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little time, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you give, make give me an answer. I'm going to make you give me an answer. <laughs> oh, boy, I don't know. It's uh, hard for me. <laughs> for, so I, 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 I don't know. Like, I also have to talk through this a little bit because everything you said is true, right? Like, yeah. they have – they can they have similar skill sets other than yes. I think Chelsea Chelsea has the advantage um, in terms of her size and, and her strength mm-hmm. as you mentioned I think that's extremely mm-hmm. important because there's no way you know it, it's extremely difficult to find someone to guard her if you're an opposing team like mm-hmm. there's not that many people who could do it and, and if you you know if you have to bring up your small forward to guard her then she's kind of going to burn that person or find whoever your point guard is being hit. Right. Like, so it's, it creates exactly. a ton, it creates a ton of mismatches, but I don't think, mm-hmm. I think Courtney Vandersloot doesn't cause a mismatch personally, but does create mismatches with how she leverages 
her passing and her teammates mm-hmm. and the system. The system exactly. really is Courtney Vandersloot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this, this debate of these, these two type of players has been happening forever. As long as basketball has existed, we have had point guards who can score and we've had point guards who are, are mainly pass first. Right. Um, so it, it's really a matter of preference. So I, I think that's, that has to be it. Like you're, there's not, they're both excellent. Absolutely. Um, they're both excellent. All right. So to me, my answer here. What do you uh, have, Gabe? I'm leaning up. What do you have? <laughs> you remember when Draymond Green said there's 82 game players and there's 16 game players. Mm-hmm. And I think that was taken to mean like, you know, there's players that show up in the playoffs, right? Like there's players who have the mental to play in the playoffs, but I didn't take it that way. I took it as literally like there are players that have regular season, um, have skills that make them better in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And there's players that have, that may have skills that make them better in the playoffs. So to me, <laughs> Courtney Williams is, I mean, Courtney uh, Vandersloot is that regular season player. You can build an entire offense around her and it will be one of the best offenses in the league. And it's not, you don't necessarily need like perfect personnel around her. You just kind of need shooters and you need smart players who are going to run the system because if they run the system, she's going to find them. She's going to create leverage. She's going to create space. She's going to find them to score and win games. That's why I think she's in the MVP conversation this year when Chelsea Gray is not. Mm -hmm. That's why, because you can create an entire system around her and win a ton of basketball games right in the playoffs you need you just need the person who can get buckets because in the playoffs it ain't pretty when when things are going when when you're in the playoffs everything's gonna go wrong that's what the mentality you have to have as a team happen to the mystics It it happens to almost every championship team when you get to the playoffs your plan goes out the window because of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. When those plans go out the window, I want Chelsea Gray on my team. See? So I, that's, that's my answer is regular <laughs> season, I want Courtney Williams. And that's not – this isn't a knock on either of them. Like, both of them could perform amazing in both the regular season and the playoffs, but these are the two best point guards in the league. So we have to – I have to come up with some sort of distinction. So to me, Chelsea Gray in the playoffs, Courtney Vandersloot in the regular season – Um, And I I can't wait to be proven wrong on both those accounts at some point. (laughs) I love that though, but I love that. And that's true. But we were just talking about that with the the top three teams. Mm -hmm. Who's the, the, the presents that grit, Mm -hmm. who presents that grit. And, and and Courtney Vandersloot is tough as nails. And I love that she communicates the way that she does with the team. um, Even after games when they've won like that's what we have to do all the time and she is like right on top of them like this is what we're doing uh, moving forward next game we got to bring the same stuff mm-hmm. um but I, I just think golly i mean i would love to have both of them on my team like right. put, put gray at the two and just have a little fun but uh yeah if you if you got to split hairs and try to choose one that's just that's super tough because they just they just present different things like yeah i realized i didn't give an answer you know, I'm picking Courtney I mean, Vandersloot. Yeah, didn't. <laughs> I'm picking <laughs> Courtney Vandersloot. My, okay. my pick's Courtney Vandersloot overall. Okay. That's who I'm picking. Because I need someone good in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, I'll take my chances. 
<laughs> I, I think she could. I think she. I, I think she can do enough in the playoffs to win. And not, uh, hey, I'm not mad at you. That's not easy. That's a tough choice. I, I'm still sitting on the fence with it because I love them both. Man, make a pick. Ah, oh, I have to make a pick tonight. Oh, yes, that's the podcast, Christy. Tonight? Okay, okay. I thought you said you were going to get back to me like in a couple of days so I could marin- <laughs> well, marinate. We'll I, can, on. I can marinate on it. Okay, wait. Okay. Um, man, 18 assists is tough. Same. Man, I, I think I'm going to go 51 49 salute. Okay. Only because, yeah. man, she. She finds a way to make her teammates better. So if her shot's off, yeah, that's going to be all right because she's going to find 18 other ways to help the team score and win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Chelsea Gray, and I know she's a bucket getter and she can score. She can make plays as well, but 18 of them, yeah, 18 of them. <laughs> and I think it was 18, 17 or 18 years ago for Tisha and uh, Tisha Pinachero when she set that record. And, uh, yeah, I just think that I'm going to go just uh, the, the scale is tipped ever All so right. slightly with like a, with a paper clip, Gabe, uh, it's for salute. Yeah. I, <laughs> we got, I mean, just a little bit, the yeah. point guard positions in, in fantastic hands in this league. I mean, yeah, like shout, shouts to like Skylar Dane Smith and uh, a bunch of point guards that we're oh, not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. in this yeah. conversation. But, um, I think those two are clearly the best man. Like that was tough. That was tough. I'm not looking. Was, everyone online, everyone yeah, on Twitter, man, I hate that. I hate, I hate on Twitter. Everyone's like, oh, it's only you, if you pick, you know, you can't pick gray. Like, what are you talking? It's like, watch the games and tell me what the difference is. Like, right. both these players are stunningly talented and smart and and just like amazing basketball players in in right. every regard. And I think. I think Courtney Vandersloot does not get enough credit for how good she is on defense too, because she's been excellent on defense this year. Um, when last year she was not at this level, yeah. um, she's not like a defensive stopper like Chelsea Gray is, but they have different things going on. Um, so, yeah, that was tough. That was that, that was, was heated. tough. Yeah, that, that was, was heated. Yeah, it was yeah. heated, and we agreed. <laughs> and Imagine agreed. if we disagreed. Yeah, Imagine if be, we disagreed. It'd <laughs> be rough. It'd be rough. But no, I I, I definitely had to take my time on that one that's that was a rough choice for me okay. to make yeah two great ones um okay i'm 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 uh by the way to to wrap up something we talked about uh the uh dream did beat the fever which kind of launches the dream back into contention yeah. for <laughs> the playoffs um but uh wow. for now we'll, we'll take that as a win for the mystics playoff chances <laughs> things are going go. great Closer and closer, you know, there's always a way. There's always uh, a way. So I'm, I'm fresh out of topics. I need to go drink some water and like calm down. I, <laughs> that, <laughs> I hate to be a GM in this league. That, that, uh, Courtney Vandersloot, Chelsea Gray conversation took you out. I see. So we're yes. that you get, <laughs> that you get some, uh, hydration and, um, uh, we're going to, uh, have some fun with the rest of the games this week. Hey, uh, fans, we appreciate you joining us courtside, enjoying some popcorn, some lemonade, some cranberry juice with a lime, no ice for me. But uh, this has been a, <laughs> another fantastic episode of Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. And we look forward to chatting with you again courtside next week. 
and you can chat with us on Twitter. I'm at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Uh, Christy, what's your, at, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Christy W Scott 51 on Twitter and IG. And you can uh, follow her hoop stats, uh, our lovely home for this podcast. And a lot where I do a lot of my work, just search her hoop stats on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed on whatever podcast app you use and leave us a rating and review that really helps us. And um, yeah, be in touch with us. We, we, we will respond on Twitter. Uh, if you have some, some hot Chelsea gray, Courtney Vanderson <laughs> takes or anything like that, we're here for you. Absolutely. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.